everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Road, the podcast. Uh, this week, we are continuing to flashback and discussing 2010's I'm Still Here. This was a quote-unquote documentary made by Casey Affleck, chronicling the... Affleck. <laughs> is, it, is it a documentary, though? Isn't that kind of... No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. How late till after it was um, released did they actually specify that it wasn't, though? I don't... Well, because he was in character for, like, the entire year or whatever, right? When it came out, I think, is when they started. Like, he went on Letterman to promote the movie and talk about how it wasn't uh, not real. But yeah, so at some point after the one, whatchamacallit movie come out, Walk the Line movie, when did he announce he was retiring? Like, 2008, according to trivia. Walk so the he, Line was 2005. So Walk the Line. So it was a couple years after that. So he had done a couple other movies. Um, mm-hmm. two, so Two Lovers was the movie that he promoted on Letterman promoting. During, mm-hmm. during the filming of this movie. And that's what they yeah. said at the very beginning. It, he was like, oh, this is going to be my last movie or whatever. So he did We Own the Night, Reservation Road, and Two Lovers before That's this. right. His bit, when he goes off about Reservation Road, mm-hmm. was one of the highlights of the movie. <laughs> What was the other one? Revolutionary Road. Well, wasn't that the one that he was like saying he was upset yeah. about that one being better than his or whatever, being praised? Yeah. Reservation Road. Not to be Road confused was... with Road to Perdition. Or Revolutionary yeah. Road. <laughs> no, that's the one we are talking about. <laughs> Reservation Road is Phoenix. Revolutionary Road is DiCaprio. Yeah, okay. And, and Road to Perdition is Hanks. Sam Mendes, who but also what directed about Revolutionary the Road. To Road. Eldorado? <laughs> What about just the road? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, this was our Phoenix was pretty publicly. I guess, though, they were filming this for a little while based on Joaquin's facial hair growth. (laughs) Yeah. Before, because I don't think it really came out that it was a thing. Like, even though he might have said that he was retiring from acting, I don't remember actually even hearing about it until he was on Letterman. And then I remember the fight thing that ends the movie. And then that was basically the last I heard about it. And then the movie came, this came out and it was revealed to all be Trixiness. But uh, we were way off track, four minutes in. John <laughs> picked this movie for us. We briefly talked about this Wait, on John the last this? episode. Yeah. <laughs> so John hadn't seen the movie. So, John, why did you pick it again, and what did you think of it? Yeah, John, why did you do this to us? <laughs> I love Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I just think he's a great actor, and I think he's he's an interesting personality, but he also feels, like, thoroughly genuine and inc- incredibly, actually, like, humble and good-natured and that kind of thing. And so, for that type of person, or at least perceived person, to take on a project like this or say they want to do it I, I just thought it was a fascinating take and kind of like he jokes about in his second interview I remember following this all throughout college for whatever reason it was it was big news on the absolute punk uh, website as well so like whenever something had come out someone would like post a link to it or that kind of thing I remember following it so thoroughly in college and I, and I loved kind of the discrepancy or kind of the journey from 
his first Letterman appearance when he was putting on a show to his second Letterman appearance when he was clearly trying to make up for lost ground and kind of be apologetic and just reveal everything that was going on behind the curtain. And so, I don't know, I guess the fact that I I loved following it, I loved him, but I never saw it. I guess I was worried about my expectations. And so, yeah, so I figured I might as well use this chance to watch it. And I think it's hard to say because this is definitely... This is definitely a movie that is shaped by the context and the time. So I wonder, I am, I imagine seeing it even shortly after it comes out to when people know, okay, this has been a hoax for the last year and a half or whatever, is far different than seeing it 10 years after the fact. And so it's weird because you're viewing it through that lens and you're viewing, I, and especially you're, you're hyper cognizant, but then at times you're not of the point he's trying to make, which is why are we as consumers so drawn to quote unquote reality TV and fake tension and drama and superfluousness for the sake of drama and superfluousness. But he really he really put me in that in those shoes where I almost felt like, oh yeah, this seems like it could be Joaquin Phoenix. It's it seems like Maybe he's going through like some mental struggles or something kind of thing. But he, I was thoroughly convinced that if I had been experiencing this or been around in the circle when it was happening, I would have thought that he was a douchebag. And so, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe in that sense, it it was a success. Making you think he's a douchebag? No, in, in the sense that like he was convincing. For everyone who doesn't, who didn't know, who didn't know that it was a hoax when it was happening, I think if I was in their position, like if I was like interacting with him one on one and that kind of thing, I think I would be convinced that like, oh, he's just like the stereotype of any Hollywood actor who's really eccentric and really high off himself and narcissistic. Or I mean, are we supposed to assume that all the like big names that are in this movie were they all in on it? I think Ben Stiller said he was he was legitimately there to have a meeting with him. Okay, because I'm reading the trivia, and for Greenberg, like that movie was already filming, and the Letterman thing had already happened. He had already made fun of him on the Oscars or whatever that was. But so it's like it doesn't really specify if he was actually aware of the context or not. Yeah, because if if people were making fun of him and not aware that it was a movie or fake, that's kind of fucked up. But, I mean, again, that's kind of, maybe that gives into the point that he was trying to wake, make with it, right? This idea that we can get so wrapped up in something like this and so oblivious to or apathetic towards the consequences or the repercussions of our criticisms and our takes and our opinions on something happening like that. Yeah, I don't know, I th- but <laughs> there was just... I want to know if Diddy knew... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the biggest question, honestly, because whether he did or didn't, he is handles himself wonderfully throughout the whole <laughs> oh, time. Because, like, I, I mean, I love how he's straight up. He's like, "Nah, don't don't play that song ever again." <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a great line if he's in on it, and it's just straight up. This is how that guy is when he's like, "No, you're not. You're not good enough to work with me." I think that is. It's a great. I hope it's real in that he was honestly reacting to him because I think it's this amazing genuine moment of showing what 
Sean Combs is actually like in real life. And he actually, you know, he gave this guy a shot and he's like, (laughs) and he's not wrong. Like the first song he plays is actually not horrible. And I, no, yeah, I, I, I agree, Zach. I think a couple of those songs, I was actually like, I wonder if like these songs are available to listen to. But then when it got to the point when he was singing, Whatever that law song was, where it was like compla fucking Kated oh, or something like yes. that. Yes, <laughs> I was just dying. I was like, "Oh my god, this is hilarious." There were two moments like that. It was one, that one where I lost it, and two, when Edward James almost visits him to give him like a pep talk. <laughs> and if that was if that if J- Edward James almost wasn't in on it, and I think Phoenix even kind of gives a look at the camera, like he cannot believe. The shit that Edward James almost is saying right now, and that they're getting this on footage. Yeah. I don't know. I think the movie. I think the movie does totally achieves, like John was saying, the the exercise that they were going for, or they claim to have they they claim to have been going for after the fact. I think you should watch whether you like the movie or not. You should watch Joaquin Phoenix on Letterman. It's a succinct like. 10 minute defense of the movie for why they did it i feel like this movie was in the original thing was letterman such a dick like this movie made him look like the bad guy in it oh no for sure and they totally yeah. talk about that in the second interview have you guys not seen the second interview the second interview is i don't remember it man awesome. my memory doesn't last that long <laughs> it's it's i that's the first thing i watched on youtube like after the movie i flipped over to watch it it's and it's in Phoenix like says the goal was for you to we wanted to go onto a talk show and we wanted someone to tear me a fucking apart. And Letterman is He did that. They knew Letterman was their best bet because he was gonna do that and he was he's a great enough interview they could go into it without him knowing what was happening and he would just hit it out of the ballpark. And like Letterman even says in the interview He's like, you're just throwing up softballs for me, man. It was just, I was just hitting dingers all day. Like, that was so easy for me to make you look awful. Yep. And then a decade later, Letterman looks like Joaquin Phoenix in this movie. <laughs> and it's it's also interesting because they cut out a clip from the original interview in the movie, but you can go back and watch it online, where at the end, it's very clear Joaquin, like, turns his back to the camera, takes off his glasses, and, like, says something to Letterman. And apparently during that time, he broke character to, like, thank him and apologize and that kind of thing. And Casey, Casey Affleck apparently was livid at him. He was like, why did you do that? And I think it was, if anything, maybe it was, it was a time when he was, like, interacting with someone else and actually truly remorseful for the consequences because with diddy he's never gonna like collaborate with diddy again in his professional career probably i'm not sure if anything happened with eddie jimmy almost but yeah it's what do you call him <laughs> ejo ejo yeah. i know you had a great nickname for him um ejo <laughs> but yeah so i thought that was really interesting too that i wonder if the rumors that it was a hoax prior to that prior to that clip i wonder if there was those were leaked on purpose or i i but definitely think they leaked it on purpose i mean also the trivia says a lot of those clips were actually like filmed for this movie so i don't even remember how like how much that got out and talked about in the zeitgeist and everything i can't i wish i could i wish i could remember 
I remember the David Letterman interview, but I don't remember the general speculation at the time, how actually pervasive mm-hmm. it was in Hollywood. So I remember reading stuff on Absolute Punk, and after that initial David Letterman uh, interview, people like dissecting the end of that clip when he takes his glasses off, like yeah. to the nth degree, and being like, no, this has to be a, like a hoax. Like, why would he do that? He's so out of character. And it's like a, it's like a, millisecond of a clip but still people were that's how wrapped up people were in and invested at least in the neck of the internet Mm -hmm. that i was occupying ben and lauren hadn't seen this movie before oh i had oh you had yeah remember i said last week that i gave it a two out of ten on imdb oh that's right turns out it's a one out of five on (laughs) letterboxd so it stayed about the same yeah it's like i don't know the first half of this movie is like the z roll of a jackass film and I don't I just don't enjoy watching people be obnoxious and like I mean if people were in on it I guess that changes it but it's just not enjoyable to watch and last night Reagan I don't know what's going on with Reagan but ever since she had her surgery she's been acting up for like an hour or two a night she has to go out like every five minutes and stare at the road or something but like it was nice like constant reprieves from this movie I got to watch it in little <laughs> snippets and I kind of wish like I wonder how it would have done um, had it not come out as a feature film later and had it just been like as the process was going on, had they released like shorter film or like videos on YouTube. It'd be interesting to see how that would have gone. It's like I would have probably enjoyed that far more back in the day than watching this movie now knowing everything that I know. And like so many dicks. I don't need that. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know how much I, I figured he was one of the guys in on it all the way, but like he, why isn't he getting acting work? The Anton guy, who, what's the band? Is he the leader of John? Do you know? Um, it's some, or he's in. I don't know if he's necessarily. The it's lead a legitimate it, like but. punk, like English punk band or like new wave band. And, and they showed him on Letterman. Yeah. I also loved how they would, like, call each other, like, these different names. Like, at times he was Ant, at times he was Tony. And then Joaquinus, Joaquinus, Joaquin was Walk or JP. Walk. (laughs) Just sounds like you're just, like, hawking up a loogie. (laughs) (laughs) But Ant's acting, if he was faking it, his last scene of the movie, basically, where Joaquin's just going off on him. Well, there's two scenes, both scenes. There's the scene in New York, I guess, and then where... He ends up shitting on him. Which took like which 30 a... something times to get right. Oh, what? The, oh, so, God, they, they, so they like to, to actually to shoot it. They so yeah, we're doing trivia. Okay. I'm not so on that, the page right means... now, but it was like 34 times or something. Christ. <laughs> okay, that makes me feel good that it's fake, though. Yeah. You know, like. It's like, no, that's assault in reality. I would press charges. <laughs> <laughs> but they. So there's two things there. There's. So I guess that means Anthony is in on it. Oh but yeah, he's really yeah. good. Like, why isn't he getting acting work? Like, he is really good in those scenes where he's being berated and seems sad and stuff like that. But then, also, I think like the focus to, and also circling back to what Lauren was talking about with the jackass stuff, I think them leaning on the grosser elements is the weakest part of the movie. Like watching Phoenix throw up for like thirty seconds at the end of the movie was like didn't need that. They were talking about shitting on each other for the whole movie, so I guess you had to have the payoff. But no, you I really think the, didn't. So- you didn't have to have the payoff. <laughs> I would have been okay think, without said payoff. I think the sophomoric humor is the weakest part of the movie. 
but I think there's so much other interesting stuff there. And Phoenix, as a character, like this is a character, is really just fucking amazing in the movie. Ben, talk. You haven't had a chance yet. So, I don't know. Like, I just... I did not care about this movie. I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I was like I was going back and forth between annoyance and frustration. Just like I at what though? Well, walking Phoenix just being an asshole for <laughs> an hour and 40 minutes or it's like I you know what? It's not like if you have a movie that centers around someone being a dick, at least make them funny and it's like I never thought he was funny. I just thought he was manic, had like serious mental issues and I felt bad. But it, I don't know, like, it just was frustrating, and then it was, the pacing was terrible, and all I could do during that is just, like, look at other parts that I could just, like, complain about. I don't care about found footage movies, or, like, I like found footage movies, I don't care about, like, you know, shitty, you know, camera work, because I'm entertained, and I was not entertained in this movie, and the camera work just, like, drove me up the fucking wall. (laughs) And it's like, and I get it, it's supposed to be like this amateurish kind of look, but it's like, if you have a very talented director, it shouldn't be amateurish. And I, I just, I don't know. I like, I, well, you know, Casey Affleck was busy elsewhere during oh. this movie. <laughs> I think Affleck gets some good shots in this movie. Just in case you want to know, the feces was a combination of hummus and coffee grounds. Oh. <laughs> Why'd they even need to have coloring to it? It was a night vision. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was intrigued to listen to the commentary of this movie after watching it. They, there's a, they, it's on the Blu-ray. God, you own this will. movie. You own the Blu-ray. God. <laughs> Why? I'm glad I own it. I mean, this is only the second time I've seen it. I think. But I think, like I said, I think it's a movie worth talking about and achieves what it wants to do, even if it is. But then, like, everything, you have to, like, like, the ending is so dragged out, like him walking through I the river. I think it's beautiful, though. Oh my God. But it's... When he Virginia but Wolfs it's himself, also, I was so happy to... <laughs> <laughs> but I also think it's clearly intentional that it's absurdly long and drug out at the end oh yeah i, I, I skipped ahead during that stuff i specifically went and tried to figure out what the song was because i just i thought it was beautiful imagery and i think it was it was so in contrast to everything in the movie beforehand everything in the movie beforehand was excess and overblown and this was just stripped down and simple and peaceful and i i really liked that poignancy of it i think i i agree with ben though like the movie is too long it is dragged out and it's only an hour and 40 minutes and it yeah. feels like why am i still here watching this movie <laughs> just christ oh but i one thing i also noticed i loved how the opening contrast like this is all everything's a lie with like him performing as a child and then him saying like a million times during the press tour for walk the line like oh i have no musical background ever and it's just like I, from the I get-go it's like this is a lie walk the line walk <laughs> the line <laughs> he is very good in that he's i love listening to the walk the line soundtrack by the way I actually should pro- i good i haven't seen walk the line so if anything this it's made me want one. to Go and see that even This more. movie made me want to watch Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, which I have not seen. <laughs> but... Pop Star. Oh, you Never should Stop, definitely Never watch Stopping Pop Star is Never so Stop. So much better Stop. than this movie. 
I mean, it's a different flavor. Actually, but it's just as good. I'm surprised. Yeah, but I'm surprised there isn't more reference to this movie. I guess because it's not a. Well, one like the biopic is already. Did Dewey Cox come out after this movie or before this movie? Uh, after it had to be after. I think it was a direct. Yeah, it, oh, of this yeah, movie, not. Spoofing. Sorry, I'm not sure. To the, walk the line was. Oh no, not walk the line. Uh, walk, walk hard. hard. 2007. 2007. The the parody another, of the musical biop that's at, has like too much junk in it. Uh. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> Great use yeah, of penis for humor in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that had like Walk Hard had successfully lampooned like the the Ray Walk the Line biopic style movie so i guess it's good that they did something different here and they weren't trying to you know they're making fun of the celebrity culture i guess and i think they do a great job of that and And they're making fun of poor danny devito (laughs) danny devito would get a laugh out of it i'm sure yeah like the stuff Uh, i've seen him do and it's always sunny that man has (laughs) very little shame he's uh it wasn't the content or content that he creates it's how Joaquin Phoenix was saying that he was not happy to be in a scene with him. Oh. <laughs> that was fake Joaquin Phoenix. Well, though. yeah, I know, but at the time I was like, how <laughs> dare you? <laughs> the man is a national treasure. <laughs> I was honestly ready to bump this up to four and a half stars until what? the back end of the movie was uh, the dragging of uh, the, the back half of the movie drags <laughs> a little bit. So the jackass section, the back half, what actually do yeah. you like of this movie? Would you say it uh, shits the bed? <laughs> I think but I think the movie It jumps the shart. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the I'm still here song. I like the poignancy of that final song of him performing on stage too though. Like again, he's not the, he's not rapping the greatest. I think he's probably rapping poorly on purpose. I sure hope so. But I think the song and the moment is interesting at the end. And then you know, I and then he jumps in the crowd and attacks his buddy who's fake heckling him. Oh, that's a relief to know that it wasn't a real person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's there's there's so much experimenting going on i don't know i it's hard for me not to appreciate it even if i can totally understand why it could be so grating and annoying to most other viewers <laughs> i think that's the uh i think also that is interesting the uh, if you watch that second letterman interview they're totally both because he definitely comes on the show after the movies come out and bombed basically and you can they're like letterman slams the movie a co- like uh he's making a extended joke about how he should pay letterman a million dollars for using their clips or whatever and phoenix is kind of awkward because i think he can kind of see like the potential like letterman like lays out it was considered fair use because this was a documentary but it turns out it's not, not a, a documentary, documentary. Mm-hmm. so you should have to pay me for it but it's okay. Joaquin Phoenix has a million dollars in his bank account. You can buy those jackets. <laughs> you can tell Phoenix is like, the wheels are turning. Like, he is potentially opening a legal door here. And is kind of nervous and like, hey, we need to, can we, <laughs> he's like, can we just talk about this in private somewhere? And Letterman, without missing a beat, goes, yeah, we can uh, do it at one of your screenings. <laughs> 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 like, it, the timing and uh, is just brilliant in the moment. But, um. 
yeah, I forgot how I got to that point, but it was worth getting there. Honestly, it's just great because it also exemplifies what I love about David Letterman as a late night talk show host as well. Like people can come on his talk show and recognize that they can be like completely relaxed and unpretentious and that kind of thing. And he's going to, and he's going to make them feel like right at home or just like really uh, natural and comfortable. I will say like the experience of watching that interview live was better than the movie and almost anything the movie can do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. It's interesting. They use as much of it as they do in the movie. I mean, I guess it's interesting from a performance standpoint from Phoenix, but like having the context having the more context you give to that the the less good it is like the out of left field nature of it watching it in real time was just like what the fuck is happening (laughs) but i'm still a fan of i'm still here it just turns out i imagine the movie works better like if you could show me like a, a trending score for this movie i imagine the further away from the fervor of is this fake real bullshit it gets better you think it gets better as a standalone piece and a showcase of Joaquin Phoenix actor yeah i like to think of it as a very very rough stepping stone to his joker movie <laughs> yeah i mean but this is also an interesting turning point in his career too i th- like he has been best, basically borderline excellent in everything since this movie, if you've had. Um, though I did watch Mary Magdalene today, and his Jesus was... He was fine. He was a, a pretty normal I Jesus. I did not know he played Jesus in something. That movie basically came and went last year. Did he like make the first table ago. in that one, too? <laughs> hey, don't be knocking on that joke. Best, best joke. <laughs> best cinematic joke of all time. <laughs> Okay, so I'm still here. He next movie he rattles off is The Master, the best movie of the last ten years, and <laughs> possibly the greatest. I mean, he 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 quite honestly mm. might give the best performance of all time in that movie. How dare you? He's solid in The Immigrant, though I think that movie's a little overrated. Her is a fucking stone cold masterpiece. Inherent Vice, stone cold masterpiece. He's incredible in it. Oh, wait, man. hold on. So, can we say though that this was probably not? I don't want to say tainted, but like his career has been also <laughs> defined by Paul Thomas Anderson since then, right? Like you just named off four movies after, uh, just and two, two of them were his. Well, I mean, he's been great for Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, it's it was good to tie yourself to the possibly our best living director when you're trying to bounce back from almost completely destroying your career. I think that was a smart move by him. To, to round out his other movies, I have seen all but one of these, it looks like. Irrational Man was a Woody Allen movie that I actually think is, talk about another capital P problematic director. really knows um, how director. to work with those, choose those directors. Uh, <laughs> um, but Irrational Man, I think, is actually a really good, it's one of my favorite Woody Allen movies the last, whatever, 10 years. You Were Never Really Here. He's fucking incredible. I did not see Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. Mary Magdalene, I said he was okay. Sisters Brothers, he's really good. Joker, he's obviously great. That's my favorite performance. In yeah, the movie. I'm realizing I'm realizing now, looking at his IMDb page, that Joker was the first movie of his I've seen since this movie I saw a decade ago. And this movie is a big reason why I've seen none of those other movies. <laughs> <laughs> but what about Sonic? Wait, you you didn't see that was so that good wasn't between these no, two. Since, no, since since I'm still here. I know, but like, so, wouldn't Signs put him in like 
the upper echelon of greatest well, actors. I mean, I haven't rewatched that movie because of this movie, probably, and um, <laughs> Mel Gibson. So, That's speaking fair. of other problematic people. Who <laughs> oh, I didn't realize he was in Hotel Rwanda. Lord, if you haven't seen her, her is incredible. I know I need to, but it's like, it's Joaquin Phoenix was in it, and I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> it really, well, it there's, here's what I'll also say. For as much flack as Scarlett Johansson gets for playing someone that's not of her actual ethnic background she plays a yeah why didn't we let an ai actually play it in that movie john (laughs) you know like scarlett johansson taking away jobs from artificial intelligences (laughs) no she is incredible she like that's one of her best performances like marriage like it's up there with marriage story in my opinion it's also a great contrast to bring it back to sofia coppola so scarlett johansson stars in lost in translation which is Sofia Coppola kind of reflecting on her divorce from Spike Jones, and her is basically Spike Jones kind of reflecting on his separation from Sofia Coppola. I think, <laughs> and it's interesting that Scarlett Johansson is at the center of both of those movies. I still think her best role is uh, Under the Skin. Was it Under? The... Yeah, Under yeah. The Skin. Uh, yeah, yeah. I still, I still so haven't good. seen that either. So Me you're neither. not wrong. That is that is a what the fuck kind of movie. So I think what we can take away from this movie is that Joaquin Phoenix is our greatest living actor. And <laughs> uh, I'd put him up there with uh, my boy Jake Gyllenhaal and Russell Crowe. Oh yeah. Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe isn't in that conversation right now. How dare you? When is the last time Russell Crowe made a... I mean, I like Russell Crowe. The but nice guys? Not... Okay. He's yeah. good in that. He yeah. was wonderful no, in Les Mis. <laughs> <laughs> he was good in Les Mis. He oh. got a tough. He got a bad rap in that movie. But it's like I don't think I've like seen a bad movie, or a, I don't think I've seen a bad Russell Crowe performance. And that includes the Mummy. I mean, he throws a phone like nobody's business. I didn't. I didn't finish the Man with the Iron Fists, so I can't confirm or deny if Russell Crowe is good in that. But I'm willing to bet he's fine. Russell Crowe's always good and entertaining. He just, he hasn't been a leading man that's, uh, he's just not, he's not in that conversation. Uh, if you would have had this conversation. conversation. So, okay, who, let's talk about this, guys. Who is in that conversation? Like, Joaquin Phoenix just, I mean, he, I went back afterwards and watched, like, so many of his award acceptance speeches from this past year. So, like, the SAG, Golden Globe, and Oscar. Um, So, he swept all of those, which isn't, like, which isn't atypical right like uh, like most of the time there's there's i don't know acting awards go pretty i mean nowadays they they don't you don't get too many bumps in the road there yeah so but then who else is from from recent who else is in that conversation then are we talking about males or any actor oh well let's i guess let's just do males since we're yeah since we were talking specifically about joaquin phoenix um i like me some gosling what Yo, Gosling. Gosling has had some heavy. No, like he- Ryan Gosling films. is great, but it's like you put him above Russell fucking Crowe. He's here's what. Yes. Here's what I'll, yeah, no. Have you seen him with a shirt no. off? <laughs> ben, here's what I'll say. I think Russell Crowe in his peak and Ryan Gosling right now are are would be very hard to compete against each other. What is Ryan Gosling? I just want to see Russell Crowe try to do the Notebook. First Man, La La Land, Blade Runner twenty thirty nine. I would say The Big Short. I haven't. I haven't seen First Man, but 
the night he's better than Russell Crowe in the Nice Guys. They're in the same movie. I would argue Crow- they are both on par with each other in the Nice Guys, but I also <laughs> argue Russell Crowe is better in Gladiator than he was in the Nice Guys. You're correct. He was better than Ryan Gosling in Gladiator. <laughs> I would say Russell Crowe in Gladiator is. We're doing Blue Valentine. Oh, Blue Valentine. Valentine. Right? Oh, he's great. In- but are we? Aren't we are doing we? it? I don't think so. I didn't pick it. Did someone else pick it? I thought someone picked it, and I was already prepared to be super depressed for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I found that movie oddly hopeful in the end. So we've opened the Russell. I'm just, I'm not trolling Ben. I would say. Sure sounds like it, Zach. (laughs) I would say Gladiator might miss my top five Russell Crowe performances. I'm just, I'm, I'm done. That seems, I'm, that seems, <laughs> that seems crazy. I can't, I can't fucking do this. I haven't seen I a lot even... of Russell Crowe, but even I think Ugh. that's crazy. The Insider, he's better. I like him more in Master and Commander. I definitely like him more in LA Confidential. I like him more in The Nice Guys. And I think you could argue A Beautiful Mind is a more interesting performance than Gladiator 2. Okay, I think... I think um, Leonardo DiCaprio, I think, is obviously up there. Oh, DiCaprio is for sure up there. Phoenix and DiCaprio are definitely in my top I tier think right What now. about uh, Brad, Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt, for sure. Brad Pitt can be, but Brad no. Pitt doesn't. <laughs> the Rock. Yes. Brad Pitt in terms of do... quantity and volume. <laughs> Marky Mark, Brad... obviously. No. I don't uh, mind Pitt Mark Wahlberg, but. Doesn't do... Oh, I like I Mark like Wahlberg. Marky Mark. I um Christian Bale. He does not like it when you call him that. Oh, I think Adam Driver is definitely in the running too right now yeah. as best working actors. And Wait, if well, Adam Driver. Oh, I can see um, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's actually at the at the Golden Globes, Joaquin Phoenix gives a great tribute when he's giving his thanks to first Leonardo DiCaprio, and he talks about how whenever he goes in for an audition him and multiple actors like feel this way they always think they get to like the final round of callbacks and then like there's just a hush or there's just like a murmur amongst casting directors and they all talk about like oh but what about leonardo and they he makes this joke about how everyone (laughs) loses roles to leonardo and i think that's great but then he also talks about how he loves Christian Bale, and he wishes he would turn in a like a bad performance just once. And he's like, "Could you do it just once for me, just like one time?" <laughs> and then at the Oscars, Christian Bale wasn't even there, and he he says, "There are some of you that I am so intimidated to even come and talk to in person, even though we have the same agent." And that was a sh- that was a shout out to Christian Bale, because um, he wasn't there in person at the Oscars. Yeah, so I think Christian Bale, Denzel Washington hasn't been in a lot lately, but I still think he's a powerhouse. Uh, Denzel's good. Yeah, he hasn't blown me away in a while. Denzel seems in kind of cruise. Control. I think Bradley Cooper's up and coming Keanu too. Reeves. Yo, actually, I think I think we're about to see a resurgence of Keanu Reeves, and I think it's going to be awesome. What do you mean about to? He's been I mean, on a resurgence guess, yeah. since like 2014. <laughs> yeah, I, it sounds like we're 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 trailing off from "I'm Still Here." Even would you would you agree that it is a great performance by Joaquin Phoenix, even if you fucking hated watching it? <laughs> no. Okay. I'd say it's a solid performance. I would say it's a solid performance it's- and a worthy effort, like a worthy endeavor. The effort's there, yeah. I just I feel like this is easily my favorite, my least favorite performance of his that I've seen. That's a shame. 
that's going to do it for I'm Still Here. Uh, next week, we're flashing back to 2000 to do a Lauren's pick. If a bunch of cheerleaders <laughs> just, like, hang themselves, I'm going to be really, really upset. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's making an allusion no, to no, the no, virgin no. suicides. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Kristen Stewart did it all the time. Hashtag all Lux's fault. Bring it on. Which was directed by, I believe, who did uh, Peyton Reed, I think, who did the Ant-Man movies. Uh, that's what he's most famous for right now. And yeah, it stars a Kirsten Dunst again. Kirsten and... Dunst, Eliza Dushku, Jesse Bradford, Gabrielle Yugin. Those are probably the biggest names. I didn't realize mm-hmm. Eliza Dushku was in this. Uh, yeah. Gabrielle Yugin. Oh! She was in that, that, um, like, Mama Bear the movie, uh, Unbreakable. Yeah. Yeah, I still need yeah. to see that. Or is it, is it called Unbreakable, or is it Breaking? That's the, Unbreakable's the... No, but there, I think it's, damn it, I should know this. Um, uh, breaking in. Breaking, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was close. She's um, this, this was the, um, cheerleader, irreverent cheerleader comedy. And I remember enjoying it last time I watched it. Let's see what my how many stars I gave it, though. Last time I thought this, I gave it, like, nothing. Oh, I only gave it two stars. How dare Well, my you. memories are fonder for this movie than I, than I actually <laughs> well, rated Well, who knows? It. Maybe it'll be another Charlie's Angels where it you know, jumps up, like, a star and a half. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I can only pray that we never have a film comparable to Charlie's Angels in the history of our lifetime. We better do Charlie's the Angels one full person who hates that movie. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not. Do you just well, not like fun not, things, John? Like... <laughs> Is that what's going on? You just hate uh, strong female cast. Oh, false. Just likes John. False. He just likes walk being an asshole for an hour and forty. But no. Oh, Would you like it more fun. if one of them had pooped on the other? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's there's probably a subcategory for that on porn sites, isn't there? Oh my god. So, come back next week for Bring It On. If we didn't scare uh, you away. And until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. And you can find us at middleofrow.com. You can rate and review the podcast. Apparently, it helps. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear, and you can find all of us on Facebook at Metal of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at Another Rahul J, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch Bring It On. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row.